Welcome to Straightforward. Hi, I'm Kim McKay and I'm an idea DJ. I use my unique blend of clarity and creativity to mix and remix the world's best business ideas. If you want business advice fast, Straightforward is the podcast for you. This short-winded format will leave you uplifted and powered and smarter. I don't have time to waste and neither do you. So let's kick off today's episode. Today's a health-focused episode, and our guest uses science and psychology to help business owners succeed without the burnout. She does this by analyzing people's biochemistry, genetics, and lifestyle habits, and then creates ultra-personalized healthcare plans that are clear, simple, and targeted. It's naturopath and founder of Radius Health, Susan Hunter. Here today she is with Emma Castle, my sometimes co-host, who's going to be leading the show today. Welcome to the show, Susan Hunter. Susan is from Radius Health in Melbourne and Susan's specialty is almost a little bit like she's a health detective. She does this thing where she analyzes your biochemistry, genetics and lifestyle habits and creates ultra personalized healthcare plans um, that are 100% for you. Um, So welcome to the show, Susan. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to meet you. So tell me a little bit about this work you do and how you got into it? Yeah, it's kind of my passion project. So I've been practicing as a naturopath and nutritionist for 15 years. And from the get go, I was always very evidence based because as a graduate, I kind of leaned on the evidence based nutrition and herbal medicine information to kind of direct my treatment approaches and used a lot of testing with labs to direct the strategy for my treatment with my clients. And I did see very complex and chronic clients from the get-go for some reason. And I've kind of built on that over time. And the more you kind of deep dive into what's going on in health and well-being, the more you learn that, um, you know, we're learning so much about genetics. We're learning so much about testing interpretation. And I have found over the years that when we take someone's current health picture and when we run some extensive bloods um, about, you know, what, why that's going on with their health picture. And then we run their genetic report and look at where their genetic predispositions sit. And we put those three together. We get a really, really clear indication about exactly how that person should be eating, sleeping, moving and what supplement regime they might need to, to get them to optimal so that they're performing at their best and feeling their best. Right, because people's genetic like ancestral history or their blood type, also a history of disease or trauma or whatever, these things all contribute, right, to where you're at today. Yeah, for sure. I think with our genetic testing, I use an amazing lab that's based here in Melbourne where I work and um, they're called Smart DNA. And I found, you know, as I've worked across various different genetic testing platforms, um, they probably are the most accurate at being able to give you the clinically significant genetic mutations. So we get a sense of 
What have I picked up from mum? What have I picked up from dad? Um, have I got that predisposition for having certain types of cardiovascular problems or autoimmune issues that have kind of come down the bloodline? Um, and it really gives us a good indication about whether we're at risk of getting neurodegenerative illnesses as well. So if we had that grandmother with dementia, we can kind of get a sense of whether we're going to be a candidate for something like that as well. Um, so the genetics really give us an indication about where things can head. They're not necessarily telling us that your gene mutation, that expression of those gene mutations is switched on. That's a different story, but they definitely tell us what we can be doing to future-proof our health. I believe that Part of your approach to dealing with all of this beyond the kind of the genetics and the biochemistry and all those things is actually you're really pushing for slow living as something that everyone can do beyond their own personal blueprint of health. Yeah, so I think that's something that's come up from having lived in Melbourne and gone through quite a number of lockdowns over the last couple of years. And I feel like it was an opportunity for some, not everybody, of course, to kind of let go of a bit of, you know, the structure in our day-to-day living and the busyness that we were all sort of subjected to pre-pandemic. And um, having gone through my own personal experience of just trying to run a business, you know, hold a fort at home, two young kids, um, you know, spinning lots of plates, being a high achiever, knowing that it's, you know, slow living is an antidote to burnout. So if there's anything um, I've picked up from having that time at home over all that time and if there's anything I've learned, it's to just try not to load yourself up with too much, be able to say no more um, and do it without guilt and um, not not feel like we've got, you know, that pressing need to be doing everything that comes up for us. We can say no to some things and and maybe create some space in our week where we don't have a lot on and we can be a lot slower. Yeah, okay. So so do you think that COVID and the, like, you know, the restrictions have actually been a positive for us that um, when it used to be cool to be like, I'm so busy, like there was that boastfulness around, oh, I'm so busy, like I'll have to book you in in five months' time. Like do you think that's changed and people are like, actually, that's not cool. <laughs> like we don't want to be like that anymore. Yeah, there's been such a spectrum, hasn't there? You know, and, and I think for us it was sort of November 2021 where things started to really properly open up and then schools have gone back in person for a whole term recently and everything just kind of went from zero to a hundred and a lot of people felt very hectic. Some people have totally turned away from even living this kind of lifestyle and have gone for tree changes and sea changes and others have completely changed their careers. So um, I think it's been a very different experience across the board for a lot of my clients. I know that sadly people are still experiencing the fallout from the pandemic and a lot of people have kind of come into a new year despite having had a holiday feeling quite kind of unrefreshed and very cooked from last couple of years. So I'm doing a lot of work at the moment around helping people kind of beat burnout and that's something that I think is still very real. But I think there are some lessons around just trying to not load ourselves up as much, probably because we just actually don't have the capacity to. 
Okay. So when you sort of, these people come to you and they're like, so let's talk burnout. Like people come to you, they're saying they're burnout, like burnout. And one of your things is that you look under the hood. Like that's the thing you say. I look under the hood of people's health and kind of try to diagnose what's kind of going on. Um, so how does that process work? You've got a burnout client come to you. What do you do? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's, Something that often gets missed, like obviously there is a criteria from the World Health Organization around what constitutes burnout and it's obviously affecting your ability to be productive at work, it affects your relationships at home, it can manifest as, you know, really poor energy, lack of motivation, not sleeping properly, irritability and, you know, you can kind of go from being really kind of hyper to being really flat, you know, and it's just that kind of flat low hypo arousal picture what I do is um, some testing around your stress hormones so we will routinely test a couple of stress hormones namely your morning cortisol which is that hormone that's released to make adrenaline and noradrenaline to get you through a stressful event and we release this day in day out we start releasing cortisol a half hour before we wake up it peaks about an hour and a half after we've been awake and then it kind of drops off peaks a little bit in the afternoon and then needs to be really low when we sleep so our melatonin sleep hormone can rise. So we try and take a snapshot of that cortisol at about an hour and a half after you wake up and get a sense of what your stress response across the day is going to look like. Um, we can also do 24-hour salivary testing for your hormones and have a look at where your stress hormones sit across a 24-hour period. And if they're really low, the treatment approach is going to be quite different to where if it's really peaking and we're getting a lot of spikes and you're just overshooting stress response all day with your body thinking, you know, it's in fight or flight, running away from a saber-toothed tiger constantly. Right. Okay. So the kind of the key thing is like that mapping of the hormones throughout the day, the cortisol. And so you're talking hypo and hyper arousal. So uh, and different treatment plans like with burnout what do you tend to see more often is it hyper arousal or hypo arousal I find it's really um, age group specific. So quite often, you know, particularly if like constitutionally you're sort of strong, you're that person that can just, you know, push out 12 hours of work a day and go hard and, you know, wear that kind of busyness as a badge of honour. When you're 20s and 30s, you can definitely kind of do that and get away with that. And, you know, you might crash every two or three months, but you pick yourself up again and just get on with doing it and not really learn the lessons. <laughs> um, but I find that it's usually, you know, middle age. It's like 40 plus, you know, getting to mid 40s and beyond where you've probably done this for a few decades at a time. You've probably gone through some pretty big moments in your life, whether that's the death of a family member, you know, financial stress, relationship breakdown, moving house, like all those big things that kind of happen in our world. Um, and they wear us down over time. Like we don't have this infinite reserve of stress resilience, you know, that we can just draw on unless we kind of put back, you know, there's, it's a bit like a bank account. Like you can't just keep withdrawing from the bank. You've got to kind of put some deposits in and they look 
like rest and sleep and good nutrition and hydration and all those sorts of things. So it's usually, and the majority of the women, uh, people I work with are women, it's middle-aged women who are perimenopausal or menopausal, sadly, that have nothing left in the tank and they're kind of running on empty. Right, okay. And um, I believe you have a theory about the four burners, like health, friends, family and work. And there is a theory that says you should like start turning up or down burners. Like, but what if, okay, so you've got these four burners. What if you can't turn any of them off? Like what's your advice as an expert? Yeah, and look, I have those clients where they're just like, listen, I've got to do all of it. This is where I think you can use nutritional and herbal medicine supplementation as a bit of a crutch and it will give you some lift and it'll get you through situations. It's not ideal because ultimately I like to see myself as an educator who's there to work with people to, you know, slowly but surely turn their lifestyles around so that they're not constantly stretched and trying to do too much um but if you've got to kind of have all the burners on like rather than have them up at high maybe turn them down to low medium and kind of look in there for a bit of self-preservation and kind of don't I don't know over overdo it from an energy perspective it's like you know just bit of self-preservation and being mindful of trying to be present when you're doing any of those four things and, you know, letting go, I think of this whole idea about productivity when it comes to work. Like I have to do eight hours to be productive. Well, actually we can probably do one or two sessions of an hour and a half of deep work where we're very focused without the distractions of technology. And then the rest of the day can be just admin and really lo-fi kind of stuff. So there are definitely some hacks in there. There are things that we can be doing to work smarter, not harder, to do quality instead of quantity when it comes to friends and family. Um, And with health, I think that burner that can be set to low medium with some really good strategies around good morning routines and good evening routines that are sort of you're not negotiables and that's enough to get you by to you know not end up being a burnout candidate or developing some you know chronic illness all right well thank you so much for that amazing information how can people connect with you if they want to kind of book in for an appointment or follow you on social media how can they find you yeah you can follow our clinic radius.health.clinic at instagram or you can um, follow me on instagram i think it's susan hunter 19 on instagram um, i'm also on linkedin and you can check out our website radiushealth.com.au or follow me at susanhunter.com.au. Thanks so much for being on Straightforward. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Straightforward. I'm Kim McKay. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a review. If you want more information, why don't you visit my website, kimmckay.com.